Hello and welcome to the Michael Mama Show. I am your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And I got a thing popping up on my screen here that I don't know how to get rid of. Do you know how to get rid of that, Scotty? Can you see it on your screen? Yeah, let me see. It's a thing from StreamYard. Yeah. I'll see what I can do here. Well, I'll start. If you can get rid of that thing, it'd be good. Okay. So this is actually a, a very interesting time, a critical time, I'd say. And the current events are all over the place, you know, with the Elon Musk and <laughs> uh, bringing out all of this stuff about, you know, Hunter Biden and uh, and also a lot of the stuff with uh, the COVID virus and uh What's his name now, Scotty? Dr. Uh... Fauci? Yeah, Fauci. <laughs> and, and now he's going to be going up in front of Congress. And uh, evidently there's all, well, there is a lot of research out now saying that it, all the things he was saying about the vaccine and, and transmission of the virus and all that, it's just, it was all wrong. Which incidentally is something I've been saying uh from the very beginning, uh, and it was really just common sense. If you just took a quick look at the nature of that vaccine, it wasn't a vaccine really even. Anyway, the point of this podcast, and not just um, today, but really uh, in general terms, is to sort of take a step back and take a look at the bigger picture Instead of getting, you know, all caught up in the details about, you know, Fauci or the border or, and those are all important things, you know, hugely important things. Uh, uh, the drugs pouring into this country, on and on and on. Uh, the energy crisis that's hitting Europe and the United States and the, globally. And, uh, but all those need to be viewed in a greater context that, I guess the um, press touches upon it time to time, uh, but that it's really what needs to be emphasized. And also it, it, it needs to be more deeply understood, the mechanics of the whole thing. That's why we've talked in the past about uh, cleaning the fishbowl of consciousness. You know, the world is like a fishbowl and the Global consciousness has to stay clear, but it's gotten so clouded through all the identity with different perspectives and all the little things and little things that are huge in context of daily life, but small in context in relation to the, the greater whole. And uh, people have gotten so tied up in knots, you know, and and perspectives that are so dominated thinking uh, that the whole thing just needs to unravel. It needs to get cleared out. And that's, again, what Mount Soma is about. You know, how do we, how do we cleanse the global consciousness? You see, it's not about 
is this perspective right or is that perspective right? Not really. What it's really about is awakening global consciousness and having global consciousness function in harmony with nature. That one thing that's the source of all things, the source of all the harmony in the whole universe. But even the problem with saying that is based on a person's perspective, they'll say, oh yeah, well, this is what nature is based on my perspective. But they don't say based on my perspective. They say, this is just the truth. And so their idea of living in harmony with nature is by pushing their truth. And we do talk about perspectives and I certainly have my perspectives, but still the bigger picture isn't about the perspective. It's about nature. And it's about clearing global consciousness so that human beings, societies, people function in harmony with nature. Not because of how they define it, but how it, what it, it really turns out to be. Then Abraham Lincoln, Scotty, what did he say? Uh, somebody said, we're going to win the Civil War because God's on our side. And, and Lincoln responded by saying, I'm more concerned about uh, not if, if God's on our side, but whether or not we're on God's side. And kind of that sort of idea, you know. Uh, So some interesting things are happening here that I think will be historically profoundly relevant. You know, we talk about the industrial revolution. We talk about the uh, uh, computer revolution. Now we're going to be talking about, I think, the internet revolution. Because if you really take a step back and look at what's going on with the internet, uh, it's really fascinating because we're all being bombarded with all these different perspectives uh, and the question then becomes, what is humanity's relationship? What is the individual's relationship with all these different perspectives? You know, it was a lot easier pre-internet days, even pre-television days, to bamboozle the, the masses. And uh, the masses became accustomed to you know, relying on the news, relying on what they read in the newspapers or whatever about what the political leaders are saying, and that's how they find their truth, and they go with it. Uh, but through all the different, you know, cable television and all that, and now the internet and all these different perspectives, it's all over the place. And so the internet revolution uh in its early stages, which we're still in, but I think we're coming out of, we're going to come out of, uh, had no idea. I mean, if you say that, oh yeah, I get it, you know, but, but really the way people function, they have no idea how to deal with it. Are they being uh, discerning or are they just being gullible and going along with the group consciousness that they happen to be, have a little affinity for their little clique their social orientation, religious orientation, what have you. And so this whole thing with Elon Musk, I think in that context is really interesting because what, what comes out of that? What is revealed or isn't revealed? It is really put in right in the face of humanity. 
the understanding that, you know, humanity is being duped. Humanity has been duped. And uh, even very mature people uh, haven't really cultivated a healthy relationship with that. They listen to the different perspectives, find the one that they resonate with for whatever reason, and that becomes their truth. And then that becomes very polarizing against other people because how can they say that that can't be true? Uh, MSNBC has to be right or uh, Fox News has to be right or, you know, the president of Ukraine has to be right or George Soros has to be right or the CCP has to be right, you know, and we're getting past that. So we're, we're going to be moving out of the gullibility uh, arena, which really wars have been fought in the name of. Why did we have a Vietnam War? Why did we invite, invade Iraq? Uh, uh, what was going on with World War II? Uh, how far does, did a society have to be pushed uh, before that, they were convinced enough to go to war with neighboring countries. And that's, you know, World War II, it's a World War One. it's uh, uh, the Russian Revolution, it's, it's history. Attila the Hun, how did he get his guys to invade all these other people? It's all just a control of the mentality. And, and it was a lot easier to do pre-internet, pre-internet revolution. Because now, okay, at first, um, I remember when, at first, if there was anybody who got anything negative written about them in the internet, oh, it was horrible. And uh, uh, they call them trolls, you know, people that would get get online and say something slanderous about a person and uh, just ridiculous. But nevertheless, in the more naive time of of the internet, people would read that and believe it. And you could destroy people with it. You could could destroy companies with it. That's changing. And it's, and we're just at the beginning stages of the degree of that transition. And what are we talking about here? We're talking about discernment. What Adi Shankar has said is the path of spiritual evolution, the path of discernment. And so we're going to be, becoming discerning, and we're going to get past that kind of uh, mentality that the internet just took by the horns and wrestled to the ground just effortlessly. Um, It's interesting that Apple... You know, we have these uh, uh, demonstrations going on in China and the people, particularly the young people, are rebelling against uh, the Communist Party, the CCP. And for a long time, you had, you know, a lot of the woke companies, Apple, Coca-Cola, I believe, uh, Nike, NBA basketball, they were pretty much complicit. You know, they were not saying anything because they were making money off of China. And uh, uh, what happened? 
then, and you may have seen this on the news, was Cook, the head of Apple, was uh, at the White House and he was going to meet with uh, God, Congressman, what's his name? Anyway, he was walking down the, the white hallway there to go to the meeting and some newscaster was trying to talk to him. He was avoiding her, had people standing between them so that she couldn't get to him. But nevertheless, she was calling out questions. You know, how do you feel about, I think she said, uh, slave labor being used in China to produce uh, products that you're selling and that Amazon is selling and that is dominating the global markets and the markets in the United States. How do you feel about that? No comment. He just remained silent. Uh, uh, oh gosh, she just fired out a bunch of questions about how uh, Apple computer was complicit getting everything manufactured in that country, you know? Uh, and she, she was great, really. The question she asked, and he never said a word. But I just saw in the news this morning, I think that happened yesterday or the day before, but what I saw in the news just this morning in multiple sources that Apple computer now is going to be moving its manufacturing facilities out of China. Did you hear that, Scotty? No, I didn't. That's yeah. huge. Isn't yeah. that huge? And other companies yeah. have been going, they're, they're going to, I understand they're going to be going predominantly to India and Vietnam. Uh, but see, that's, so let's tie that into this bigger picture I'm talking about. There's too much coming out of the internet. There's too much knowledge. Even, even those kids, those young people in China that are demonstrating in the streets, you, you can't hide anymore. The internet is there. The information is there. People are getting a taste of freedom. They're getting a glimpse of freedom. They're, they're realizing there's a better way. And they're seeing not their world dominated by communist China CCP, and that's how life is. But now it's just become a small part of a bigger puzzle called global consciousness. And so the Internet is serving uh, to really facilitate that transformation into a world that isn't run by the autocrats who control the uh, mentalities from the top, but are controlled by the people because the people have insights. They know and that inner knowing touches the depth of their soul. And that's what I talked about in a previous podcast. Starts coming from the grassroots. Government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Instead of of, by, and for the autocrats. Of, by, and for the money and the power. It's a great time in human transition. And it so coincides with what we've talked about. About the transition from the age of ignorance uh, to the age of enlightenment to the golden age. And I've talked about all the different places where there are in indicators of that. Numerology, astrology, if you're into that stuff, uh, right in the Vedic literature, the ancient Vedic literature, it says this is the time of that transition to a very positive world. You see? But now there, there are two poles. Like I've said in the past, the world's always going to have two poles to spin around. But right now the dominant poles are the autocrats, the, the one world government, which if it was an enlightened leader at the top, it'd be great, but it's not. It's autocrats. It's people. I mean, gosh, I looked at a video of, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Klaus Schwab. <laughs> Did you see yeah. that video? He was dressed up. I swear to God, he looked like 
Darth Vader. <laughs> His outfit yeah. and everything. If you put the Darth Vader helmet on him, it would yeah. work in a movie. You saw that, huh, Scotty? Yeah, but I, I'm, I keep wondering, is that just, are they doing that on purpose? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be, you know, that can't be just so. like, yeah. Not. That was real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and and so, so there's that whole thing going on and they're, I mean, they're just going to run the world into the ground because it's not, why, why is that guaranteed that that won't work? because it's so contrary to, to mother nature. Maybe a autocrat here or there got away with it in some third world country or even a even one of the big countries, you know, for a period of time, but it, it, it collapses of its own weight. It's too far out of harmony with nature. And to try to pull that off globally, where George Soros and Klaus Schwab run the world and all the government leaders, you know, kowtow to them, uh, it's My, not gonna happen. It, in, in the past, uh, the transition past. will take place. I need better earphones. These things keep falling out. Yeah. Michael, in the in the past, you've talked about how um, you know, like the the uh, unified field keeps pulsing purity through relativity. You know, and it, that's how it's gotten everything to where it is now. And it's gonna do the same thing with all this too, right? It's keeping yeah, here, here's pushing it through. And, and Let's do an analogy yeah. with that. Mentality, yeah. mind, is built out of two things, prana. And what is prana? Life's breath. The life force in its pure state, the unified field, Chaitanya, uh, Bhavaditam, you know, that lively quality emerging in infinite harmony, kind of like the, we get a sense of it on a beautiful summer morning in, a, in the uh, valley in nature, untouched, and just, you know, the mist is there, just so pure, so vibrant with lively health, you know? And that's prana, life force. And the prana that we, our breath, that comes through our breath, it's, it's breath on all the different levels, you see. So what, I forget the word you use, uh, Scotty, but it's yes, like the, the absolute breathes and, it, and that value wells up. But prana then interacts with karma. Prana, perfection at the basis of all existence wells up and it interacts with the, kar the karma of the time to create mind mentality so the prana is beautiful it's divine if you will but the karma can be what it is and so when we talk about cleaning the the fishbowl of consciousness we're talking about uh healing the negative karma there's a good karma too but we're talking about healing the bad karma purifying the karma so that the awareness of individuals functions in harmony with prana and then the karma that gets created from that is evolutionary, it's life supporting, it's in harmony with nature. But it's important to realize a lot of times people think of karma in terms of something outside of themselves. Oh, the karma is going to get me. No, no. Most of your karma is between your ears and in your heart. It's your mentality. And that's true on an individual level, it's true on a global level. Uh, I think that was responsive, huh, Scotty? 
yeah, yeah. It's just it, th yeah. there's coherence that's going to be pushed. Things are going to clear out. It's Correct. like you know. That's exactly right. Yeah. So because you you know now, you know there's this concept of lowest common denominator. Uh, everything gra gra gravitates towards the lowest common denominator. Uh, that things that all people, no matter how highly evolved or how lowly evolved, if we can say it that way, how in harmony or how out of harmony with nature they function. There's what, is there anything that can be common to all of them that they would relate to in their current state? See, deeper level divinity is common to everybody, but if people aren't able to really perceive those subtle depths and if they're caught up on the surface, then the lowest common denominator becomes something more guttural, you know? And, uh, uh, Scotty, it's interesting. I heard that the most visited, the most used part of the internet is pornography. Had you heard that? Yeah, that's like, I think, been since like the establishment of the internet. Yeah, that's, com that's the common denominator. And if you look at the world, you can say in any field of life, you can ask yourself, what is the lowest common denominator? You can look at it politically, materially, musically, spiritually. You know, there was a guy I knew in, uh, I lived in Athens, Greece for a little while. And uh, there was a guy there. I even remember his name, even though it was years, decades ago. His name was Evgenia, his name in Greece. But he was actually, he was born in, a, I think, a, as I recall, a small village in uh, Central Africa. Like, uh, and, uh, but he came out of the village and he ended up in Greece. He was, he was a really neat guy and he spoke uh, multiple languages. He spoke English, he spoke Greek, he spoke his native tongue. I think he spoke French. Uh, and he was really into linguistics. And this is, I think, interesting because, you know, everything maps and, and the, those parts of the human anatomy that make sound. We say the depth of the throat to the up into the nasal terminate, turbinates and all, you know, that maps, you could say, onto uh, the chakra system, you know, lower chakras, upper chakras, crown chakra, for those of you that are familiar with that, or just heaven and earth or higher and lower, uh, heaven and hell, if you want to go there. But at any rate, uh, and that's kind of tangential what I just said, but at any rate, he was saying that he noticed that the further south you go, like in the central Africa, it, I can't do it, but the, the way they speak comes from kind of down here. It's kind of more guttural and like that. And then as you move up to, to uh, 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 Northern Africa or uh, Southern Europe, it, it gets a little higher in, in the throat. And then up in uh, all the way up into like Germany and probably Nova Scotia and that, it's more of a, a, a sinus or uh, upper resonant center. And uh, there's an analogy there. I just thought that was an interesting thing when I heard it, so I'm sharing it. And we don't want to take that analogy too far, far and then I could get into trouble if people go off on that tangent, so please don't. But, but, but the idea is that uh, the Internet is like that too. And uh, uh, what's going to happen, you see, because people are seen as lowest common denominator, 
uh, and not just pornography, but uh, the trolls, you know, people uh, attacking other people for God knows what reason. And uh, just because they have stuff, they have issues, you know, and and they hear things and they spread it and it just becomes, and then it cascades, you know. But But the thing is, with the internet, that's becoming more and more obvious. People are starting to get it. And, and as they do, what's going to happen is they're going to, they're going to, the whole mentality, global mentality is going to rise up because it's like holding up a mirror to humanity and saying, look what you people are doing. Look what you people are oriented around. Look how you're thinking. Look what you've been duped into believing. And all that's going to purify out. And we are in that process now. This thing with Elon Musk, if he's right or wrong, like him or not like him, that's certainly a step in that direction. Uh, And Apple computer moving out of manufacturing out of China. That's an indication that on a very major scale, a corporate scale, major corporate scale, biggest company in the world, I think, is being uh, affected by that shift in mentality. They can't get away with it anymore, you know? And, and as that happens, more and more things are gonna take, take place in a positive direction. So we're in that transition period right now, you see? Uh, now, these next couple of months, for many reasons, I, I th- it's gonna be pivotal. First of all, we had the elections and now, you know, there's going to be a whole new, it'll be interesting to see who they, the, uh, I think it's already decided. It'll be interesting to see who the Republicans put in as Speaker of the House uh, to replace Nancy Pelosi. Uh, The election that's coming up, I think, next week in Georgia, but will have a lot to do with the uh, balance of power, if you will, in the, uh, in Congress. Uh, That'll be an interesting outcome. Uh, the weather is getting colder and colder in Ukraine and there's people, people are living there. It's so horrible, you know, without heat and the cold, it's getting cold in Ukraine. Without heat, without electricity, food scarce. Uh, and then concurrent with that, I understand that, you know, Russia's ammunitions are running lower and lower. It's coming to a head, you know. Also, it's becoming more and more revealed that, what's his name? Zelensky has been getting rich off of the uh, war, as has Soros. And what do they call that? The, uh, oh boy, here's an abbreviation for it. But it's the cap of uh, private sector that it's actually running the country over the government. It's really that private group that has control. And that's what's on the news. I don't know how true those things are, but you're hearing it enough. I, I think it is true, you know. Uh, and and they, they're they even saying all over the place that, you know, the government, the U.S. government doesn't even know where all the money's going that they're giving. It's not all going to weapons, evidently. Um, and then there's this whole thing about um, uh, the world government that we talked about and also the... Uh, uh, what is it? The G8, right, Scotty? G. Oh, G20 or the G. Yeah, G20 in uh, yeah. Indonesia and how they're, I mean, they're just in bed with each other, you know? And and uh, uh, then there's this thing, unbelievable, with um, um, 
BlackRock. BlackRock is a, is a company that manages funds, people's investments. And they, at one point, they were managing $8 trillion. Think of the power. $8 trillion of cash money that people were investing. And they were handling the investments. Uh, and then they got into this whole thing called, uh, uh, oh, what's the abbreviation? ESG, ESG funds. And ESG funds were funds that like, you know, different funds are rated different ways. And funds got better ratings based on uh, the board of directors, how it was structured, how many minority groups were in the, on the board of directors. And also they got better points for uh, how many women were running the company or on the board of directors or what have you. And uh, uh, different woke policies like that, that they were adhering to as opposed to whether or not they were making the investors money. And what turned out is that uh, the investors were bailing out. That's not why they were investing their money. If they want to fund a company to be more woke, that's their business. But when they invest money, there should be a return on investment. And in the past, if a corporation didn't focus on the return of investment for the investors, they could get in big trouble for that. It was a fiduciary violation, you know. And so at any rate, it, it's blowing up in uh, uh, their face because you know, total investments went down from eight to six trillion dollars. Uh, so I think things are shifting. I think people are waking up. Uh, I was looking at our New Year's predictions, Scotty, for, for 2022. They were right on. I mean, if, if, if I do say so myself, we did, we did <laughs> great. And so now we're coming up to where we're going to be making the 2023 predictions. But it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting because um, December and January, things are going to shift with, I think, the border, uh, major things, uh, the drugs pouring into the, the country, uh, energy, uh, uh, what else? So, so many things. Uh, Ukraine. And so how fast, how fast that tra transition takes place or what, where the chips end up falling over the next two months is going to be critical. And we don't really know for sure yet. You know, there's this guy, Peter Schiff. He's a famous economist. He's written books, and, but he, he has a pretty negative <coughs> perspective on where the country, where the world is headed. He's talking about currency crisis, unemployment spiking, uh, huge recession, huge inflation, uh, falling value of the U.S. dollar, energy prices surging, uh, petroleum reserve dwindling even further. Uh, we'll see. I'm not so sure. Um, that's definitely the way things are headed, but there's this grassroots welling up as demonstrated by Amazon moving out of China, things like that. Or I mean, uh, Apple, uh, it's yet to be seen. 
And so we'll make our predictions, Scotty, for 2023 or another month or so. I wish we had two months because <laughs> we'd know better. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, let's wait and see. But boy, we were right on last time around. You know, I was pretty surprised, yeah. really, you know, that we did so well. Uh, <laughs> now, here's another thing. These there are a lot of demonic waves in the world. And I think Hollywood convinced us that the, the demonic waves, they wear black and have black hats and the, the good guys wear white hats and, you know, silver bullets. Uh, that's not true. I mean, we all know that's not true, but somehow I think in life we kind of think that way because it's, but it's the point is it's important to realize that, that even the demonic waves, they don't consider themselves to be demonic. That's Hollywood. The demonic waves consider themselves to be justified. They consider themselves to be right, even righteous. And so that's why, and it relates back to the internet. That's why taking a step back and, and looking at the internet, which we're all doing because all it's a click a button away is another perspective. Uh, we will start as a species, as a species, to become more discerning. Everybody wants the same thing, pretty, you know, when I say everybody, the, the mass of the population, <coughs> people. We want a good home. We want a happy family. We want food on the table and a warm bed to sleep in at night. We all want the same thing. But we get so manipulated with these even crazy um, narratives. And at first, the Internet was used to um, propagate even the sickest narratives. But I think people are getting sick of that. They're seeing it. So the great recoil is coming. The great transition is coming. Uh, a listener sent in some things I posted in, in the blog that's associated with this podcast. Different things that you know people are saying is going on in the world. You can look at it if you want. I think we're pretty much all, if you're paying attention to the news, and I think even a little discerning, so you start to see it, uh, that all that is going on. But at any rate, um, and let me see if there's anything else here I wanted to talk about in my notes. Uh, oh, yeah, the whole thing about free speech. Uh, really, we, we addressed it, didn't we? Um, because yeah. that's, what, that's what the Internet is about. Different perspectives are coming out, you know, and so a relationship with them is what's going to make all the difference. All right. I guess that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast. Scotty, go ahead. Mike, there's a comment that I don't know if you see it up there. What is it? Go ahead and read um, it. I know people that would consider you demonic and say that you don't know that you are. My question is, how does one reliably evaluate this so-called demonic wave? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I I don't know. I guess I failed. I thought I made the, made the point is that everybody from, from their perspective, they don't consider themselves demonic. And so where's the truth found? And the, the, the point is that the truth is not found in the narrative. 
the narrative that you've been indoctrinated into, the narrative that you've been convinced into thinking, the truth is found in the depth of your own being. And so the challenge isn't in finding the right narrative so much as it's going um, beyond the possession of narratives into the into what they call the soul, your heart. Not and see now, your karma is not just in between your ears; it's also in your heart. And so we have to look deep within our heart. It's not just our emotional heart, which can be swayed by perspectives and is, but it's, it goes even deeper. In the, and and truth does dwell within the depth of every individual. That's a place inside where you already know. But the challenge then is in finding that. And neither I nor anyone else can do that for you. You have to find it for yourself. And that's why I say that even though I do have my perspectives, I do have my worldview and all that, but, but the bigger point here is not to push a perspective, but to help, I'd like, help humanity, help us all move beyond perspective and find that place inside that is that place of wisdom, that place of inner knowing, and make your decisions from that place. And again, wisdom isn't necessarily the deepest place you're able to function from. It's the deepest place that dwells deep within us all once the clouds of karma are cleared. You've already got it. That's not the question. The question is how we free ourselves from the indoctrinations that have been imposed upon us. Echoes of truth hold truth at bay. We find real truth deeper. The echoes are spun by the winds of karma. You see? Is that responsive, Scotty? I think so. Yeah. And I think for people that don't understand, you know, what we've been talking about too, it's important to to know kind of like from the um, the absolute to the relative, you know, as it comes up out of the absolute into like that feeling level, then it goes up into the emotions and the thoughts mm. and then into relativity. Mm. Those thoughts and emotions are tools for us to use to navigate, to try to get down to those feelings. We it's don't, a good, it's a good point. You know, right? we think, we think we think our way through life, but really we don't. How we feel about all the different thoughts determines what we believe and which thoughts we align with as truth. Yeah. But, is, but if our feelings, see, there's fine feelings and there's grosser, cruder feelings and there's finest feelings. The more refined our physiology becomes, the physiology of our psyche I'm talking about, then the more we start to function from a place of more and more refined feelings and the more refined our, our feelings become, the more in harmony with that divinity within wells up through all the different levels of our life and into the very th thoughts that we have, you see? Right. And, and I think it's also important to, for people to understand, it's not like you're trying to get them to 
a new identity or, or a new preconceived notion or a new association or a new connotation. It's, it's learn. Oh, I just lost you, Scotty. Scotty's audio just went, but his point I get and it's valid. I don't know what kind of government we're going to have in a golden age. I don't know. Nobody knows. It's not for us to know. As we clean up the mentalities and clean up the global dy dynamic, then governments more and more in harmony with nature, laws, rules will emerge. They're more and more in harmony with nature. And that's what it's about. It's facilitating that process without trying to impose our perspective upon it. I think we're getting another comment here. I don't know. Another question. Um, it says, follow up. Can someone have a feeling inside them that they believe is true and yet be mistaken? Because if that's the case, then I don't see how looking inside or whatever can be reliable. It's, it's an excellent question, and that's why I say there, there are superficial feelings and then there are deeper feelings. And, and, and really what that's about then, yeah, you can feel anything. I mean, let's face it. Some people feel strongly one way. Other people feel strongly another way. Uh, but refining the physiology, refining the awareness, cultivating the depth of our being, it's a process. You know, it's, I guess if I could do an analogy, it's like, you know, building a muscular body. You don't say, oh, okay, I want a muscular body, so boom, now I'm having a muscular body. No, it's a process of cultivation and, and conditioning and development over time. And like that, we need to develop and cultivate and refine our psyche. And again, the, classically from the ancient seers throughout time, really, you know, proper meditation has been the main uh, key for that. And, and also what we're doing at Mount Soma is we're building, you know, Mount Soma is designed in accord with the uh, uh, information there in the Veda of how to build a society, how to build a, a, a um, enlightened city which radiates coherence and harmony to the world. It's not about having a city that pushes a perspective. No. I mean, you could say that it's a, it, that, oh, well, that's a perspective too. Well, if that's the case, it's a perspectiveless perspective. It's a perspective that wants to free us from all the chains of all perspectives so that we can rest into our own uh, inner knowing, our own inner divinity. And so there are different levels of feelings as well, you see. And you can feel passionate about something. It doesn't mean that on a deeper level, there's a deeper feeling that we have even a hard time accessing if the physiology isn't refined enough. And it's not my job to try to tell you what your perspective will be when you're more refined. That's wrong. That's historically what's done oftentimes, isn't it? Uh, but it's wrong. At the same time, you know, like 10 commandments. Okay, good. You got a world of masses out there and people are killing each other. Thou shalt not kill, you know? And so there, there are 10 commandments there and they're just, they're, they're training wheels though. 
and they're good and they're valuable, but they're training wheels, you know? And, and what has to happen is that we find that inner wisdom within ourselves, not because somebody's laying a rap on us and if we just dance to that tune, then we're a better person. The Shastras are loaded in, in the Vedic literature of, of um, uh, Ten Commandment type things, if you will. And they're good, they're tools. They're tools. But if we're not careful, you take even the most refined and, and, and laudable tools and turn them into a fanaticism, a, uh, a, uh, a uh, Sharia law, all of its own type. You know, if, if I, I don't mean to offend the Sharia law. I don't even know anything about it, really. But in other words... It's a bad relationship with that it's Sharia a, it's law. A, it becomes a bad, unhealthy... And I'm not saying Sharia law is. I shouldn't even brought that up because I don't know. A bad relationship with Christianity or a bad relationship with anything. Right? You can have a bad relationship with Christianity. You can have a bad relationship with Sharia law. You can have a bad relationship with anything. That's right. So what we're talking about is cultivating a healthy, really, healthier relationship. And the only way you do that is from within. As you become healthier within and the depth of your being, your relationship with all things becomes healthier. And Michael, I think one of the things that's helped me kind of work in this is that understanding myself and my own identities and how rigidly do I adhere to things that I think I know, you know, and then working with that to how does that shape how I interact with everything else out there? Am I able to pick up and put down the realities or identities or patterns or whatever and, and pick up the, the one that best is most life supporting that's forever, right. you know, in the moment. Yeah, that's right. But, but, and the thing is too, in ex we're talking about not the fringes of the bell curve, not yeah. the extremes. I mean, yeah, trust me, serial killers are bad. Okay. Uh, uh, those are extreme and we're not that that stuff becomes i think intuitively self-evident to essentially all of humanity but we're talking about the more subtle nuances you yeah. know uh uh so it's not like we have no discernment everybody has some degree of discernment you know but uh, we're talking about refining it and cultivating it to a point where where we all live in harmony with nature and, and when we do that, that will dictate what the laws are of nature at the time, what the perspective, the healthy perspectives are like that. All right. I guess that's it, Scotty. I think we made the points. And uh, anything else, Scotty, before we close? No, no, I think. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Scotty. You uh, cleared up some points there that were important to clear up. I appreciate it. Okay. Take care, everybody. Next week.